Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Welcome to today's podcast. So this episode is a conversation with a psychic medium. And the reason I invited a psychic medium onto the podcast is because a couple of weeks ago, I was brainstorming podcast guests and it kind of just dropped in for me that it would be interesting to have a psychic on the podcast and hear a little bit more about their journey. You know, how does someone know that they have a psychic ability? How does that show up for someone? And I'm sure for each and every intuitive healer and psychic and medium out there, it's probably a little bit different. But I thought it would be interesting to hear from one person at least and hear a little bit more about their journey. And so I wrote that down and then I thought, let's take it a step further. Let's do a live reading during the podcast. Now, of course, that's a little bit self-serving, but I also think it's interesting when I've had readings in the past and when girlfriends have had readings in the past and we sit down and we talk about them, I always find it so interesting. And some of my girlfriends have been able to record readings that they've had and then they'll play them back. And it's really interesting, excuse me, listening. And there are sometimes when you'll listen and you'll be like, oh, I don't know, it seems a bit vague. And then there are other things that you kind of just go, wow, that is so spot on. And so this podcast is a conversation with a psychic medium who I will tell you a little bit about in just a moment. And then the second half of this episode is a reading. So she does a live reading on me. And I told her before we started recording that she did not need to be worried about holding back. Like she could just say whatever came up and came out because I don't know, I just thought it would be more authentic if you can hear it in full. So that is in there. Listen in. We'll have to wait and see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for February and we'll see if it all comes to fruition. But nonetheless, I really, really enjoyed my conversation with Kirsten. So Kirsten is a psychic medium, intuitive coach, energy healer, and meditation teacher. The intention behind her work is one of support and guidance. Healing is always at the core of her offerings. Kirsten acts as a conduit for sacred guidance. She channels in pure trust, love and light, surrendering completely so that truth can flow through her and deliver the perfect guidance for you in that moment. Guidance is usually direct, often confronting, but always healing. 
Kirsten works with people who are ready to open themselves to the infinite wisdom and transformative power of spirit energy. She lovingly guides any person who is ready to peel back layers of untruth and heal old wounds so that they may embody their truth, loving nature, realize the potency of their inherent gifts, expand their capacity to enjoy ease and abundance, and ultimately be in service to others. Something that I really enjoyed about my conversation with Kirsten is that she was very easygoing and very, I guess, relatable, which relatable might not be the word that I would normally think to use when it comes to a psychic, although maybe it should be. Maybe that should be the right word for a good psychic. But she was very much transparent in saying that she is there to help people work out what answers are already within them. And I guess that speaks to me because I'm often saying that the meaning is what you make it. You know, when we go about our day and we see signs from the universe or cosmic winks, they could just be pure happenstance, but we are putting a meaning on it because intrinsically, intuitively, we have a knowing about what we want to see and hear. So anyway, let's get into my conversation with Kirsten. But before I do, I will let you know that Kirsten has really kindly offered a discount code for anyone who is interested in having a reading. So I'll put that code in the show notes, but it's Kylie10, just for those of you who may be interested. And you can head to the lightpathcollective.com. But definitely stick around throughout this chat have a listen to the reading at the end. I may or may not, definitely was, (laughs) end up in tears because I'm just such an emotional thing at times. But anyway, you'll hear it all. So let's get stuck into my conversation with Kirsten from the Light Path Collective. Kirsten, thank you so much for taking time to have this conversation and also do a bit of a reading for me today. I have been looking forward to this all day. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, I think probably the most obvious question that I imagine you would get asked a lot is, how did you know that you have this ability? How did you know that you could, I don't know, tap into these psychic abilities? And how did it come about for you? I don't think my story is a necessarily typical or glamorous one. I um, was very much into my previous career, my previous life as a teacher, a primary school teacher. And when I was in my early 20s, I moved overseas. So I moved to the UK and I just found my 20s, like everyone does, I guess, a little bit tough. And I just didn't feel I got over things as quickly as I should, or I got very affected by things. The only I guess, window into spirit world was there was this little muse by my house. I lived in Notting Hill and I just used to walk past it and I knew I had died there of a heroin overdose. I just knew. And there was something almost sick about it that I would kind of be drawn to walk past it occasionally. Um, I'm not a person that's ever been drawn to drugs. I've never even smoked pot. And I think that that is probably part of the reason 
So I moved home to Australia uh, to study my first master's very much, like I said, on a career path I was very dedicated to. And I was 30, well, I was 29 and I was dating this person. And I thought, oh, this is my person. He wasn't what I expected my person to be, but here we were. And on my 30th birthday, he broke up with me out of the blue. And so I was heartbroken. About a year previous to that, I was teaching kindergarten and my teacher's aide said to me once off the cuff, oh, I'm going to my meditation circle tonight. And I said, oh my goodness, my mum tells me I need to meditate. I'm so highly strong. And she said, oh, you can't really come. It's um, run by this medium. It's a closed circle. And you know, what's a medium? I had no idea what a medium was. And so she said, oh, well, this is what she does. Here's her number if you want to call her. So I did. I called her, left her a message, never heard from her. So fast forward to a year, I'm heartbroken. This woman rings me out of the blue, randomly calls me. You need to come and see me now. So she lived about an hour away from me. So I hopped in my car on a Saturday, went up to see her. I walked into her place and there was all hippie stuff everywhere. Definitely not my style. And she said, you know, she sat me down and she said, I've been told about you. I've been waiting for you. Uh, this is your path. This is who you are. This is what you can do. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm really just here for you to tell me I'm getting back with my boyfriend. I don't really know what you're talking about, but this is what I'm here for. And she was, no, you are not getting back with him. This is your path. You need to leave teaching. You need to do this. And I walked out of there thinking, crazy little, I'm not like so it didn't this hit a nerve with no, you at that no, time. No, okay. didn't want it. All I could think about was my heartbreak and the nice shoes and bags I like to buy. I was not interested in hippie stuff at all. Um, so about two weeks later, I was just really sad. And something in me, I just rang her and I said, what do I have to do? And she said, come and sit with me. So I went again and we sat in a meditation and as soon as we dropped in, I knew and I was like, oh God, here we go. It just hit me. It was like the most at home feeling I've ever had in my life. And now I understand that not many people can drop into a trance like that and can see like that straight away. Um, but at the time, obviously, I didn't know that. And so, it, but it just felt like it was undeniable. And I thought, okay. So I joined the meditation circle and I sat with the most amazing healers and readers and, you know, kind of started to learn and get used to it, you know, warm up to the fact. And this teacher of mine kept saying, you need to start working, you need to start working. And so I dabbled with friends and, you know, kind of played with the energy when I was out and about. Um, it was came in really handy in bars where you could kind of suss things <laughs> out and and then just through a friend, someone wanted a, a reading who I didn't know. So it would be my first, I guess, client. So this was about maybe a year after. And so, sorry, just, just yeah. to interrupt, I just have so many questions. <laughs> but one that I would love to know, when you say that you just knew, when mm. you were in that meditation trance and you just knew something was there and available to you was it that all of a sudden you realized you could see or feel or connect with energy or was it that all of a sudden you were having visions like what what actually was happening for you both so the feeling 
the best word, and it's probably not that useful, that I could use to describe it was warmth. Like I just felt this deep sense of warmth and peace and knowing and strength. And I could definitely see in terms of what I was being guided through in terms of the meditation. But I have to say, this is something I work on every single day of my life. The connection to spirit, whether it be my guides or just universal channeling for, you know, generally like I do on my Instagram every week with, you know, those really fun card readings that I do, or if I'm sitting in front of a client, I can do that because I work so hard on making sure my channel is extremely clear and strong and connected and grounded. So it's a lot of work behind the scenes. It's not Mm. just running up and, and kind of sitting in someone's energy and going for it. There's a lot of work I personally do, lots of healing, growth, ascension, learning, understanding, meditating that I do to ensure, you know, that I'm often walking the path and the difficulties that clients are walking as well, which is obviously blind, perfect timing and order they come to me. But it just feels like the deepest sense of knowing. If I try to analyze it in my rational mind, I get really messy because how do I know what I know? I don't know, but I trust it. Yeah, it's hard to untangle and make sense of it. It's like you said that you just had a knowing that in a past life you had died somewhere. It's like I imagine the same way that you know your name and you know, you know, like I mean, you just know it's part of your identity. It's so interesting. Exactly. And it's not something that I asked for, that I wanted. Um, So like I said, it's a very unglamorous path I took. Um, But as soon as I'm in and I'm holding someone's space and that first client, I remember being so petrified, thinking, what if nothing comes through? And I was so scared. I was pacing up and down my apartment. And that has never happened. It can be difficult to read for some people in terms of their blocks or their their energy that they're holding, but it has never truly happened because of that relationship I have with myself in this realm and, and the channel in which I hold and the deep, deep respect and reverence I hold for it, even though energy is lots of fun and I think we should all play with it. We all have access to this. We're not all supposed to do it like I do it, but we all have intuition. We all have guides. We all have guidance. We all have soul. We all have inner knowing. But it is a relationship and it, and you build it over time and the relationship changes. And I was guided early on to leave my career and pursue this and I didn't do it for 10 years because I was in so much human fear. I was in so much ego in terms of the things that I wanted to achieve in my other career and there were so many moments throughout those 10 years that I had you know looking back breakdowns massive nervous breakdowns because I was resisting what was for me but you know all in perfect order my goodness the 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 things I can teach and the way I can hold people because of what I walked is you know brings so much grace I think and humility to to my work and how I view people but I, I I took the hard road I didn't just jump in and think great and ultimately I was actually I think spirit had enough of me and 
as often happens when we're really not allowing what is for us to come in or we're not stepping into what it is that we're supposed to be doing, spirit often finds a way to make it happen. And it was definitely the case for me because randomly this never happens in education. I've never heard it happening ever in education. Uh, the leadership group I was a part of um, got restructured and I got offered a redundancy. So I had no excuse. Your hand was forced. Yeah. And, And I remember being so excited because I had dreamed of leaving teaching for so long, but you know, there's so much security in a job <laughs> that you work with someone especially else. With, things. Especially with teaching because that's not a role that you just walk into. You've studied, you've trained, you've done your hours, you've done your hard yards to get a comfortable, well, not comfortable, but to have a teaching job. You know what I mean? It's not just something that you decided on a whim to do. So I can imagine it's even trickier to walk away from that when you've invested so much of your time and energy in getting to that position. For sure. And and for me, it was the the security of, of the job. I always thought that I would, you know, have a child and then there'd be that space in maternity, maternity leave to build this up. I was working on the side quietly the whole time, very quietly, although quite public now. But I was working um, evenings and weekends with clients. So I had been working for 10 years when, when I got to this point. But even getting to that point and having all that, you know, support by the sequence of events that led me there, it was still scary to jump off and, and step into this identity even full time. It's it's a, you know, it took me, I would say a good five years to even have to feel comfortable, even able to feel comfortable to tell people what I did and who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great dating tool, I'd have to say. So if you didn't like the guy, you just told them that you saw dead people and <laughs> hope that that All of a sudden that out. date wraps right on up. <laughs> I know, but you know, I didn't. Like most people are more intrigued than they are judgy of it, if I'm really honest. So it, it took a long time to embrace the truth of who I was or am. Who you are. And so when you began working with clients, obviously you did it on the side there while you were still in mm. education. But when you are working with clients, what exactly is the work for you? Because I know that you offer a variety of different you know modalities in helping people. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about the different things that you offer and how you work. I think my job really come, is pretty simple. I'm just there to hold space for you um, in the hope that you're able to remember the truth and the magnificence and the power of who you really are. Many, I think, people in this industry that maybe do the same type of work as me, maybe in their style can take that power away by just telling you. And I think people will go, especially for a psychic reading, just to find things out. Tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me this is going to happen. Yeah. And, And answers are often available to us. But I always tell clients it's so interesting and fun to find out what is available to us, but no use when we're going to block it. And that's what we usually spend our lives doing. I'm absolutely just as guilty as everybody else because I'm still human and I'm still navigating the world in my human form as well. 
So spirit will often, you know, if people come for a reading, I'll sit in their energy and and basically just communicate to them what is coming through for them, often from their guides, um, in terms of what is possibly coming up. But spirit is there to literally guide you. It's guidance. So a lot will come up around, here's a block. What happened at this age? We need to clear that. Think about this. You know, we need to shift that. So in order for you to get what you want, I love Marianne Williamson's, I think it's her that says it, that manifesting or attracting is actually our natural state. Miracles, Mm. that's what she says. Miracles are our natural state. It's when they're not happening, when flow's not happening, that's when something's going wrong. And that doesn't mean we have the ability to walk around and magically like a Disney movie create things because if we did that, oh, my goodness, could you imagine all the mess that we would draw into our lives on a whim of the things that we think we want? So it is a process of really digging deep into the energy behind what it is that we want in terms of what's available to us. But if it is very aligned with us, then, of course, it's available to us. This should be no surprise to anyone. And I think people are seeking that reassurance in readings. My favorite I don't have a favorite but if I had a favorite uh, (laughs) thing to to do with people is to coach them and to energy and use energy as a healing tool Um, and they have been because personally for me they have been the two biggest most consistent things I've had in my life over the last you know 12 13 years that have saved me challenged me (laughs) built me, destroyed me, all the things. And so that's the way I love to work with people um, in really holding them deeply in that sense. And so a coaching session or a coaching relationship then I imagine would be when you connect with someone and so I guess what I would love to know is when you're working with someone in that instance, you're wanting them to go inwards because they have the answers. They've just perhaps blocked themselves from accessing them because maybe it's too uncomfortable. Maybe they're um, held back by fear or childhood beliefs, or maybe it's just actually a lack of being in touch with their intuition because they live a really fast paced life, you know, busy work, busy escaping into social media and TV and parenting and everything like that. So when you're coaching someone, do you have, I guess, access to energy around them that's telling you what this person needs, but rather than telling them, you're wanting them to access that themselves? Exactly that. So okay, I'm just like, I'm like, I want to make sure I'm getting it right in my head. Beautiful point. Thank you. <laughs> let, me just, let me just put that on the website. Um, but yeah, exa- that's exactly it. It's not so much. I mean, there's no formula. There's no. There's no way in which something can work for everybody. It's about sitting in that person's space, holding their space, their energy, feeding back to them what it is that is actually coming up. A lot of it honestly comes down to dismantling the ego and to rewiring subconscious programming. So we're rewiring on the subconscious things that do not serve us, do not work for us, are not true, or the things that are now blocking us because we think they're true from moving forward. This is the healing work the interrogation work I do on myself constantly, 
because there are always layers. Because if we're not investigating, if we're not shifting and changing, then we're not growing. If we're not growing, then how can we attract more? If we're not challenging ourselves, how can we attract more? So it's a beautiful environment where we get to really be held by another as we navigate through the trickiness of being human and of dealing with this really protective ego that we all have. Ego fear-based thinking, that's all that is and it's it's really helpful. If we didn't have it, we would um, gosh, the things that we would do. Um, so we need it, but we also need to tame it. And, and I think that so many of us learn how to emotionally regulate, not process. So many of us learn how to rationalize and not use our intuition. Mm. And so how do we strengthen our spiritual side, our inner knowings to complement our really great human I guess, faculties or human skills. Absolutely. And even just the term holding space, it's one of those terms that I think can have a bit of ambiguity around it because it's like, what does holding space even mean? But I can say as a woman who is busy and has kids, another person holding space, like making space for you just to go inwards is actually so important and you don't know you need it until you have it. That's like when I walk into my therapist who I see weekly who is an older woman and that's like when I walk in, I'm just like, oh, I just need this. Like I need someone to give me their attention and to see me and hear what's going on in my silly little head and to tell me it's okay. It's so important. So for anyone listening who is like, oh, what does even holding space mean? When you experience someone being fully present and fully available to you, it's such a gift. We can hold space in relationship with each other, but there's nothing like literally employing someone to hold yes. space for you because that comes down to the basis of energy exchange. So there's no way I can hold space for somebody and there not be an energy exchange for me. It's not, that is not right. And when you're investing energy in the form of money or whatever it is that you're investing, time and money usually, then you're, it's a signal to yourself of self-love, self-respect. And if I'm investing this, then I'm going to be accountable to it to some level. Yes. And I think a lot of women like to play the martyr or not like to, oh. but have fallen into playing the martyr. So they don't give themselves permission to be seen or be held in romantic relationship because they're like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm too busy. I've got all these other things to do. So that energy explain that you just mentioned of being like, you know what, I'm paying for this service. I'm showing up for this service. It's kind of like hacking the martyr brain <laughs> because you're, you're st- like telling yourself you need this, you're going to do it. I think it's a really, really interesting time in history. When we look back, it's always interesting in terms of the evolving of women. But I think it's very difficult in relationship between men and women to, to feel very held there because I think women aren't, like you said, taught how to be held. Uh, it's not praised. It's not prized. And men, our poor divine masculine, are so confused because how do they hold us? in a way that's respectful for all our capabilities as we like to shove it down their throat that we can do everything. Well, we can't. 
and we're not supposed to. It's supposed to be an exchange, a dance. And I spend a lot of time with women really, uh, I guess, blasting open or maybe exposing to them like what does your divine feminine actually mean and how much are we in our masculine and where are we in our masculine and then how much you know maybe do we need to lean into our feminine and allow that to take over I mean my work is all feminine right you can't be an intuitive and do this work without being feminine so I have to be super mindful in my actual life where I may be overcompensating and stepping into my masculine that isn't appropriate. And it's a nice little balance. And, you know, and especially for our men, you know, I definitely have a lot of men clients as well. You know, they need just as much, if not maybe sometimes more holding and helping and healing um, for all that they carry. And remember, we're not just carrying our stuff. We're carrying stuff that generational, baby, <laughs> generational, but also that we pick up around us. I mean, you know, that like the basic example, hanging out with a friend who's a drainer and you walk away and you're physically tired because they've yes. literally drained your energy. And I was listening to a podcast today. It's one of my um, friends, her podcast, and she was talking about an experience she'd had with an energetic healer who had told her that she was perhaps carrying around some energy that she'd picked up sexually, like that she had, you know, picked up and she was calling it an STE, sexually transmitted oh. <laughs> energy. And like, it's so true, like that energetic exchange. Oh, I mean, look, I could go on for hours about this, but sex, ladies, please. Sex is the most intimate and powerful form of energy exchange when whatever he or she holds you are taking all of that on please be careful about who you sleep with (laughs) sex is such a beautiful sacred act and to have it in a container that that really acknowledges respects that can it's the most amazing thing but, you know, we're often maybe not society programming us that sex is, you know, we can have what we want when we want and all those things. And I just want you to be mindful that it is the most intense and powerful exchange of energy. And she's exactly right. We might have to do a whole other episode yeah. on STEs. <laughs> Maybe take yep. some um, some questions from listeners. That would be quite interesting. The, the psychic part of what you do and also the past life regression part of what you do, I'd love to hear a little bit more about both of those. As in, if someone comes to you, do you have a vision at times of something that's going to happen to them? Like a clear, like, oh my gosh, you're definitely going to fall pregnant next year. Like, does that come through for you? Yeah, absolutely. So to be honest, whenever you go to see a psychic or whatever, here's here's the sign that you've met someone that's really genuine. What they've told you might be confronting, but it's not surprising. So even in my experience where I was super confronted by this is your path, this is what you're going to do, and I was like, no. The fact that it was, I was so no, but really I knew, and it took me two weeks to come to it, but it was true. Like, it, and I, and, and I knew that my life wasn't working for me and, and I didn't feel quite right. And it was, and I was struggling. I had known for years. So it, you shouldn't basically get too many surprises. 
when you get the guidance such as this is available to you or you may meet a person around this time or whatever, all of it is conditional because remember, we are experts in really stuffing up our own lives and blocking. I had a conversation with a really good girlfriend yesterday and she said, she was talking about my progress in terms of my energy and healing and she said, you're really good but you're totally blocking him. And I'm like, I know, I know, because we're so good at self-sabotaging and protecting because we're scared, which is Our human brain and it's very hard to override the human brain. And it's funny you say that because I had a reading, must be close to two years ago now, and so much of what the psychic said to me was true. And again, nothing shocking, but just really, really true and things that were just so far sort of like just obscure things. You know, like as I was leaving, she said to me, oh, tell your friend that when they open their boutique gym, it's going to go really, really well. And like I had never mentioned that at all to anyone, but one of my really good friends at the time was opening a boutique gym, like just funny little things. And there were other things that she said that haven't come to fruition because the relationship that I was in ended and I was having this chat with a girlfriend today because I was talking about this episode and she said oh but do you think now that you know you didn't end up having a child with that person you, d- you sort of discredit everything else that she said and I said no because I think that that was probably available to us it was probably an option it was there but it just didn't come to fruition and everything else that this woman said like so spot on right down to you're going to sell your house and you're going to live four houses away from that house that's what's happened like just things like that that at the time I was like oh I don't think so I think I'll stay like it was just interesting the way it unfolded but I guess what I'm saying is I understand what you're saying that you can see things that are available but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's written in stone Nothing is written in stone because we are blessed with free will. We've come here as souls for this human experience to live out dharmas, purposes, to heal, to redo lessons maybe for our own ascension. So we have the free will. We always have it to choose. So something could be so blindly for us. And I think this is probably the biggest frustration I have with being who I am and being human. So when I'm with other people or I'm seeing girlfriends go through the relationships and I'm just like, oh my goodness, what is she choosing? Or I see someone maybe not choosing me who I'm like, but we are, like this is so clear to me. Um, It always comes down to we have free will. And just because it's available to us does not mean we have to choose it. And it's not good or bad if we don't choose it. It's just a choice and that's okay. And we're always going to be provided with the perfect thing for our next level of elevation. So if it's not chosen, something else will come along Mm -hmm. that is perfect for that lesson or whatever it is that we need to to walk and go through. This is why I, I think I hope I do in my vernacular when I talk about my work Go to links to use the word guide. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Guidance, because it's just guidance. If any psychic tells you this is definite, this is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, live like, your life by this. No, yeah. yeah, it's so, like, no, it's just an interesting way to tap into, get reassurance of, feel into what you already know about yourself. Or in my case, maybe get a little bit of a telling off because I'm so good at protecting and blocking. So I need a little bit of someone to push my buttons. And I I hate getting readings because it's super <laughs> confronting for me. And I don't get them often. I do lots of intuitive coaching for myself. That's how I move through my cycles and things. Of course, there are times where I'm feeling anxious or I just really want to know, um, but it, that's more what I do because of my personality. And when you are working with someone and you're more going down the path of a past life regression, I feel like that could be quite upsetting for some people like if someone comes in and says to you you know I'm here for some work but you feel a really strong call to talk about a past life does that happen or is it more if someone comes to you and wants to know so with the way I do past life regressions is I will never go into I don't do it for you you do it <laughs> so I don't people can go to um I've heard of other people go to people and they say this is who you were in a past life I'm not about that at all Past life regression appointment is a specific, you know, type of healing work that we do. And I literally regress you. So you're seeing it. You're telling me what you're seeing. I'm there with you. I can see, so I'm seeing it too. And I'm quickly writing notes as, as we go. And we usually go into two or three lives. And when you come out of it, I'll talk you through it. And here are the themes that came up. Here's what you said. And they are often upsetting. Most readings are upsetting. You know, I'm very used to people crying now. It was confronting at the start, but there's not too many appointments I have where people aren't in tears Um, because it's the stuff of the soul. It's the stuff of the heart. It's the stuff that often we're most afraid to touch um, Mm. and to feel and to heal. But wow. When we do, oh, my goodness, this is when the world can crack open. This is when our hearts can expand. This is when we can fall into a space of light. This is why I call my business the Light Path Collective because we all should be walking a path of light and really enjoying it. Is shit going to happen? Yes, of course. Can we deal with it? Yes, of course. And but, our listeners can't see you right now, but I just want to let them know that you're glowing, like you oh. are radiating as you're saying these words. And I can tell for you it's such obviously rewarding work. It is the most precious thing to me and it's so humbling. I mean, who am I? Who am I to be sitting and holding your space and passing on these messages to you? I mean, I don't know. I'm busy in my personal life stuffing it up as well. Like, so it's just so humbling and I think it's I have so much reverence for the channel and it's it's such deep reverence I have for it. It's I'm just feel like who am I? I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. What an honor, hey. Oh, such a big honor.
Now, speaking of honour, I'm very excited (laughs) because we're going to get into a bit of a reading. And now I'm nervous. I feel like I'm like starting to get a bit hot, like, oh, okay. All right. Let's go. (laughs) What do I need to do? (laughs) Most people are nervous. So that's totally normal. But remember, like I said, this is just your, your guides that are with you all the time maybe highlighting what it is that they think you need to know, not necessarily what you think you need to know, um, but they are just here to hold you. So um, like I said, not all of it will make sense now um, in terms of what comes up because we're trying to understand it through our rational mind, our you know ego mind. So we just take what comes up. Uh, If we don't understand it, no problem, we leave it. This is why we have it on recording for everyone to hear in this case. Um, For you to listen. No pressure. No, I know, not at all. Um, We can, we'll blame your guides. It's not nothing to do with me. Um, So you can listen back onto it. Um, It's your stuff. So I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Strap (laughs) in. I'm, I'm ready. Don't worry. I've rested up today. Um, so I'll constantly be checking in and, you know, does that make sense or what happened here? Where does that link to? And I'll be getting you to ask me questions as we go because obviously, you know, we do want to give you what you need to know or what what is most bothering you. All good? Ready. Okay. Can I have your full name, please? Kylie Jade Camps. And you're so ungrounded at the moment. It's almost like I get this image of you, you know, those cartoon characters that are running really fast, their feet aren't touching the ground and they're not going anywhere. So first up, spirit's like stop, stop, stop. Yes, we hard work is rewarding and uh, you're a mama, so there's so many balls in the air constantly, but you need to ground down whatever practices that you can incorporate into your day you need literally you need to put your feet in the sand do you live near the beach I hope you live near the beach because you need to put your feet in the sand every day do it for at least two weeks just to ground you down because I almost feel in this busyness this this running on the spot energy that you're holding you're getting exhausted you're getting frazzled and you're starting to get really murky in your vision for yourself you can't see you know you're just getting through the day rather than being able to kind of step back and see bigger picture and get really grounded in purpose and where you're going and making decisions from that place, that higher place, rather than that what have I got to do just to get through the day or my to-do list. So feet in the ground and I almost allow that sand, if you can get onto it, um, to literally seep, like draw out of you. I'm definitely on the beach every day, oh, barefoot, nice. 100%, usually twice a day. So when you're there, make that intentional connection to it and like offer it basically all the frazzled shit that we don't want to be holding in our space. Mm-hmm. And that will allow you just to feel like you're walking on more solid ground. You know you can sense big changes are coming for you. And I feel like you're like, ooh, do I want to go through big changes again? 
you know, am I ready for it? I've kind of just overcome big changes. But they're like, yes, because you're ready to almost elevate to the level where you're like, I'm drawing in and I'm being super discerning about the changes that I'm choosing. They're not happening to me there. I'm choosing them. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. February next year. You're not going to meet someone till February next year. So just chill out. <laughs> I've chilled out. No dating apps. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Good. Yeah. So it's almost just taking that time, rest and recovery. If I could mm. put you in the recovery position, <laughs> metaphorically, maybe physically, I probably would. Um, and just so you can just recover, cocoon, almost feel like this is, oh, that's a nice, I'm getting this image of literally like a cocoon. Put yourself in so when you emerge, you emerge anew. Like you know the new you that, you know, you kind of want to spread your wings and your flex and you're like, here I am. In, and I feel the word for me is strength with you. Like I just feel this sense of strength around you. Your grandma's coming through really strongly. Mum's mum. <clears throat> is she still here? She's still here. Speak to her. Speak to her. Call her? Yep. Okay. Call her on the phone. I almost feel like you forget who you are. You forget almost the strength of this lineage that you come from and how far each generation has pushed it and and almost come into their own. And there's something about speaking to her that is going to, again, help with the grounding but remind you that, yeah, it is hard <laughs> to be a woman but you, you need to keep going and you need to keep growing into this new sense of self, into this new strength. Let's talk practicalities. I feel like there's this, there's this Matt, you know him already. You know him, he comes back in. I'm not saying he's someone that you have dated or, but you know him or you know of him. And it's a, they're saying chance encounter. So you either meet him out or through friends or whatever it is. So again, I love this for you. No seeking. I feel like this running, this seeking, this pushing, this trying that you've done in order to survive I see they're saying the last two chapters of your life that this needs to almost that energy needs to be retired so that you are in a vibrational essence of attracting this rather than seeking it. Very different energy. So exactly like we were speaking about before, divine feminine. What does that mean to you? How does that pulse through your veins? How does how do you represent that within the way you speak, you talk, you dress, you walk? And I do feel, mm, yeah, this is long, this is long term. I feel like there's a long path you two walk together. And they're saying slowly, like take it slow. So sorry if you didn't want to go into another long term <laughs> situation, but I feel like that's there. It's available to you, but it will be around like February next year so you've got that cocooning that recovery time which is super duper important they're saying your youngest needs you right now Mm, he always needs me oh does he he's just you know he's just feeling like a little uncertain about life and he there's something about the connection that he has with you that he just needs you he's high you guys I'm crying (laughs) you can't say it (laughs) because anything to do with the kids and he is he's my sensitive I feel like him and I are so like 
even when he got out of the car today to go to his dad's I'm like it's okay we're always connected and he's like I know and like as he walks away he's like miming hugging me like he's just he's he's my baby yeah he I'm gonna say he's a slice of your soul yeah because he's not going to be your baby, there is another baby coming for you. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> it's a choice. You can totally cross your legs and not have that happen. <laughs> it's always a Back choice. to the STE. <laughs> um, no, let me just, let me, I, I love this little boy's energy. He's a special kid. It's almost like he's going to walk through life, especially as a child, almost observing because he mm. doesn't understand you know, things that will really boggle him will be like, why do people say mean things? Yeah, he's like, a proper empath. Why Why? Did, why did, can that person not play? It's really going to bother him. But what a special energy, a beautiful, compassionate, loving energy he can bring forth the older he gets. So I can't, I can't see childhood and adolescence being an easy road for him, but it's about him you know kind of adjusting to the harshness of society and he needs that because he needs to exist in it and I think he'll do they're saying humanitarian which is really interesting so what however we want to interpret that it'll be you know get back to me in however many years uh, 18 (laughs) years where he's at but he's doing definitely something humanitarian so helping others it could be medical it could be financial it could be whatever social science but He's definitely interested in the helping, the holding. Your oldest is going to like charge through life like a bull at a gate. Like he's just here. He's here to experience it. He's like bring it on. Um, and he's not Teflon. We're never Teflon. But he's he's very, he, he learns by really being in amongst it. Uh, so I feel like he'll be a challenge for you but in another respect because you'll be like, can you just not, you know, talk out of turn? Can you just not have to be involved in everything? No, you can't play five sports. You can, we only have to, <laughs> that kind of thing, because he'll just want to be part of everything. He definitely he, has an overachiever, perfectionist uh, kind of streak already. Yeah. It's so, such interesting, very different little energies you're balancing there. So, um, but no, they came to you for a reason because you're. And you know, they're twins. Like, they're oh, twins. They are. Yeah. So they're only like the oldest is the eldest by a minute. But it's funny. Like, when you say you're youngest, like, I see him and maybe I treat, I don't know whether I do treat him, but he just, he has such a baby energy, if that makes sense. Oh, bless. This is why, okay. This is why I definitely see another pregnancy for you. It's almost as if your womb isn't done. They, I just I just get this really strong essence. There's this girl energy coming through for you. And you parenting a girl, there's something in it's almost like when you're ready, it will come because you need it, because there is so much healing for you of your I, I want to say adolescence, but almost pre-teen trauma in parenting her does that make sense to you we don't have like obviously it doesn't really matter for me what that is but I just see that time around 9 10 was very confronting for you very almost it almost set the tone and and the direction of your life up until this point because we can always shift and change it 
and and it's almost like this belief system that you got about yourself and almost how to survive shit okay you've been in survival mode since 910 that age and every decision you've made in your life has been about surviving it hasn't been about thriving and it hasn't been about I want to say you know really divine nourishing purpose now you're beginning to evolve from that hence these butterfly wings I see I almost want you at some point between now and February to really well no not at some point a lot of points along the way to really bathe in this, well, what what is this cocooning mean? Because if I'm going to emerge, how am I going to emerge? And I want you to draw like on your wall, get a big piece of paper and draw butterfly wings. And you know how sometimes in coloring books, butterfly wings have like lots of different shapes in them. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, kids can color in and so it's really big, colorful wings. I almost want you to do that. And in every little pocket, I want you to write, you know, what is your authenticity, you know, and in each little pocket, write and colour and start to really decorate these wings so you have a really clear, solid connection to who you authentically are and hence how you shall move forward, which is very different to what was set in motion at 9 or 10, that thing. They're saying that day that changed you, that day that flipped that switch for you. And the choices that you've made, like honour them, because they, they were made by this little girl who was trying to protect herself and be safe within her context, within her life. So I actually love first marriage. So you, are you divorced? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love your first marriage for that. I want you to honour it in that respect. Is it great that it ended? Well, that, you know, it's quite inconvenient to have to go through that, obviously. But there was something about it that provided you for a moment with that sense of potentiality of safety. And so honour it through the her lens rather than, I can't believe I made that decision or why mm-hmm. did I stay so or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're telling yourself. Now, as someone who knows better, you knew on your wedding day, you're so funny. You woke up that morning, you looked oh in the God. mirror and you thought, holy shit. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, because look at what it brought you. It brought you so much wisdom. It brought you so much strength. It brought you to your knees. And when we're on our knees, I get excited because that's when we rise and we, we rise differently every single time we're down there. And there are boys that he is the father for those boys. There's the purpose. And that's probably why you looked in the mirror and you went, shit but I'm doing it anyway and then there you were so honor it rather than they're saying stop unpacking it yeah <laughs> so okay you, just are just you loving just the unpacking I guess just I wanted to so that people know I'm sat here with tears pouring down <laughs> my face because everything that Kirsten's saying about childhood and then a girl coming in and parenting that, parenting a girl, it makes so much sense because I've still got so much healing to do with childhood stuff and the relationship that I have with my mother because of this childhood trauma. And it definitely impacts me day in, day out. And so when you were speaking about going, oh, there's a, you know, there's a girl that you're meant to parent and guide, I don't think I'm going to have another baby, but I do I've always felt like there's going to be a girl in my life that's special to me. Um, and I have a niece and she's very, very special. But that's beside the point. I just wanted to let people know 
that's why I'm sitting here kind of in silence because I'm a bit in shock at that. And then the wedding day thing, absolutely. I knew on my wedding day, like, and it was just, I I didn't know that it wasn't the marriage, but I knew that I didn't want to have that wedding. I think before when I saw this new person for you, I that's why I said, like, I'm sorry if you don't want another long-term thing because there's something about, I guess, commitment. And, I mean, marriage is just a formalised commitment, probably highly unnatural human thing to do. <laughs> but, I mean, I believe in marriage, so but <laughs> that's our society conditioning, I guess. But um, that long-term commitment thing, saying that to you now is difficult maybe for you to swallow even though you might want it because it doesn't scream safety and reliability and of course it doesn't because you haven't emerged yet so the woman that meets him in February or March whenever this is is different to the one sitting here now because of that cocooning and that holding of yourself that and more more redefining yourself just giving the space for you to listen deeply within and go wait a minute my values have massively shifted and I've been able to begin to create the path in terms of my career and how they authentically reflect that hence it's flowing but I haven't figured out a way necessarily how that's going to be the case in in connection with another mm-hmm and you will, so long as, again, coming back to this masculine feminine, so long as you're able to embrace the power, the innate wisdom, the intuitive nature of the feminine. This is why they don't want you running on the spot anymore. This is why they're like ground down, ground down, stop, listen, rest, and really be guided by, first of all, your feelings, not emotions, interesting, but your feelings. Does this feel right for me? Does this feel aligned with the truth of who I am? Is this going to elevate me in terms of challenge and consciousness or is it going just to be comfortable for me as I'm repeating old patterns? And, and to be able to be that reflective is is hard because, like I say, right now you're just getting through the to-do list of the day. But this is you are not a to-do list person. This is not who you are. You are intuitive. You are, I, I want to say wise, it's like you came here this life to walk and and provide a portal for wisdom, they're saying. That's interesting. So it's not necessarily you giving the wisdom but you're providing the portal for that to happen. So almost like you're sharing. Like if you're a person. Like I have a podcast. Oh, yeah, like I have a podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. It's really hard to think humanly when I'm in spirit. So sorry, I must sound so dumb. Um, but I almost was going to say if you, if we could say like what as a person, what type of institution are you, you're like a university so it's like you house the books, you house the wisdom and you say, right, you can come and learn here, but this is this is the way it's going to happen because you need to put parameters around the sharing of knowledge and how you're going to do that and, and the things that you're going to allow to be created in this space, if that makes sense. But I don't think this is just pertaining to a podcast. 
I think it will be a lot of different things. I see more more speaking. You need to get out there and speak. Not right now. You're tired. But eventually, like, net, start looking for, I'm not sure if speaking something, well, I know you speak on a podcast, but I want you in front of people, like, energy exchange and be speaking. And this is not going to take off until, like, mid-next year. So start to consider now, like, what do I want to speak about? How do I want to hold conversations? And it could just be hosting conversations at, at first until then you're ready to start you know, sharing what it is that, that you feel needs to be shared and, and things like that. Does that make sense? Makes sense. And I've ha- um, hosted events and spoken at many events in the past pre-COVID. But yes, right now you could not pay me enough to get up and speak at an event. It's just, as you said, like, not only am I tired, I don't feel like I am myself right now, mm. um, but I would love to get back to events. So that all makes sense. I, I don't think you're going to be as work-focused in the future as you now perceive yourself to be because if you're able to do the things that we've talked about in terms of this cocooning, this is what we're calling this phase of your life now, um, you're going to really, there's going to be a shift in terms of what is very important to you and and what it is that gives you that satisfaction, that that taste in your mouth of bliss. And I think a lot of it will come from parenting, from partnering, from holding them through their things as well. I mean, divine feminine, how amazing. And for so long, our society, I think, has squashed that. Like we can do more than just be supportive. Oh my goodness, what an honor to support those we love. What an honor to hold them. What an honor you know, to to help them along the way. And and you come more into that type of strength. Interesting that you mentioned your mother before. You know, you're going to be looking after her. So, sorry. <laughs> but you're going, th- there's going to be a time where you're going to be caring for her. So you might need to continue the healing work there <laughs> because... <laughs> Otherwise, you're not you're not going to do it beautifully. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll leave that one there, yeah. and maybe we can go into mum stuff privately because yeah, <laughs> we all you know what? I, my mum said it beautifully once. She said, "You know, I try to do it better than my mum, and I know that you girls will do it better than me." Yes, you know, and it's yeah. so beautiful. It's true, and I love I love her for that for saying that. Yeah. Do you have any last questions for me? Hit me. Um, oh, I'd love, I guess one thing that's been on my mind is moving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> this is not your forever home. There's two more homes to your forever home. Um, you will, I don't think this, they're saying you're not going, it's like, I don't see you signing a contract on your own, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So it's something I think that you will do with this long-term partner, but you will have a home. I know that there's this deep, like in your depths of your belly, like I just want. Yeah, I love a home, it. Like home, a certainty, a place. Mm-hmm. But I almost see you the the home physically that you're in now. Don't love it in terms of the energy, but that's okay. It's serving its purpose, and they're saying they're saying go. Okay, so they want you to. When this lease ends, are you are you renting? I'm assuming that you're yeah, renting. I'm renting so at the minute. Okay. Yeah. 
So when this lease ends, do sign another lease, but they're showing me go for like, it's this cute, it's almost like cottage-ish home that you would probably think this would be a dream to buy. They're wanting you to live in it. Because okay. so if there's something like, you know, you visit something and you're like, oh, if I had the money or if I could renovate, this is what I would do to a home. Rent that because this is, again, going to help you connect in with the truth of who you are and living that out and that essence and that vibration, hence attracting it to you. November, when, are you, when is this lease up? Uh, June, next June. Okay. Do I reckon something perfect is going to come up in November. If it does jump ship who cares um yeah we can solve that problem later but um just start looking around november okay all right i will okay one last question about it. the man that i may meet very <laughs> march there's is he gonna have the man i know i love it <laughs> so fucking basic <laughs> no oh my that's what i would be asking does he have kids <laughs> yes okay two but I also, but this, I'm, I know that you said that you didn't see yourself maybe birthing a child again. <sighs> Look, I don't actually say, I never say never. I think that going through a divorce has humbled me enough to know, I don't know. No one does. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for myself. For you, I'm like, well, I kind of know that there's a child coming, so I think you are going to get pregnant again. Um, but I'm trying to soften your, the blow. Um, but, no, I do I do see like two, two, and then this one is in the middle of the two and it kind of just draws everything together and it's just super sweet. I don't see this being an issue. I feel like it's 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 all, they're saying smooth sailing. Your ex might be a bit iffy, but moving, like it is relatively smooth sailing when it all kind of comes together. Because remember, I can't stress this enough, the essence that you shall be holding, the vibration that you shall be holding of this beautiful woman is different. So it's hard to even imagine now facilitating this, setting this up, wanting this. Because you're not, that's not where you're at. So this is why the, this cocooning, so what a perfect moment to have this reading to almost like, yeah, I'm not sure whether I just want to anchor you, anchor you down or just like slap your wit and go, oi, just stop pushing so hard and, and allow this time to be and to heal so you can emerge. And then remember when we change our energy, everyone around us changes. We can't. It, it, it does affect them so you will be able to hold and handle the the meshing together of so many different factors when when people come together but yeah I do feel he does have kids and I think that this man is so in love with being a dad like it's what you almost it's one of the first things you fall in love with him about how much he just adores being a dad whether it's to him or yours it doesn't really matter to him it's just that experience of the fun of the challenge of being a dad amazing I'm very very excited I'm so grateful for this reading I will definitely listen back to it um you've kind of like blown me away with some of the things that you've said I'm not going to lie so thank you where can our listeners connect with you 
Um, you can find me uh, on Instagram. I work under the business name of The Light Path Collective. So thelightpathcollective.com or on Instagram at The Light Path Collective. Bear in mind that my goal is to bring people that do many different things to help us on our path of light. Um, so that shall build as time goes on but that's where you can find me please reach out via dms or just email me always love um, when people are in contact but there's lots of different ways to get involved in this work my moon membership is hugely popular i do lots of work with the moon um, so check that out if that's something you want to start integrating into your days every wednesday on instagram i do a three card like pick a card like a fun little energy snippet guidance um so get on that and you know you can kind of just begin to play with these insights or these reminders or this holding that like you so beautifully said is so such a precious thing to provide especially as women for ourselves absolutely and i will pop your handle and your website in the show notes as well and you do offer readings right now like in, I don't know, are you doing them in person as well so as via I'm Zoom? Like, no, so I'm located in Sydney. So right now I'm not in person. So I actually have clients all over the world. So the, one of the biggest questions I get asked is how does it work via Zoom? Um, but it doesn't work any differently because energy is energy. It's nice to have people in my space, but it's definitely not necessary. So it doesn't matter where you are. Like I say, I've got clients all over the world that I work with via Zoom. But once lockdown lifts, I probably won't start working face-to-face until later this year just to be super safe. Um, But, yes, I'm in Sydney in the eastern suburbs if you did want to come and see me in person. Brilliant. I'll pop all of those details in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for your time and your energy. Thank you for yours and thank you for having me. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go. I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do You know what's cool with me Whisper in the dark Whispers in the dark You come to play, don't you? Looking for something new I got a lot underneath Tricks up my softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.